0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Angley, joined as always by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great this morning, Ryan. How are you? I am great, and it's the morning for me, too, because we are both on the East Coast, and this is uh, coming at you more temporally proximate to the time that we uh, have recorded it i have uh, made it across the country i'm here in uh new hampshire live free or die the south of the north all that all that all that um but uh super happy to be uh to be on the same time zone as you this is uh this is nice
1: yeah it's good it's a it's a bonus and we might even see each other in flesh and blood sometime soon
0: Fle- well, yes, and I and I, I want there to be a lot of flesh and blood uh, if we do see each other. So um, today uh, we are going back to a, uh, a series started and uh, and and I think I want to say almost argue that this is the true start of the series. Uh, this is uh, the classic uh, Hollywood genres for which right. we have done two, which are not. Hollywood genres we did the noir and, uh, previously and uh, the superhero film uh, this is the first time we're doing we're doing a proper of the of the seven and let's That's see right. if I can do all all see seven if you can get right. all seven yeah all right okay so the classical said the seven classic Hollywood genres are uh, the musical the western the gangster film the horror film the sci-fi the screwball and oh god what if I missed? You got it <laughs> What have I missed?
1: Uh, the one missed? it was very popular in the mid '50s, especially because of one director. Oh
0: good God! Oh, the, very melodrama,
1: colorful. the melodrama. Melodrama. Yes, there you go. Yes.
0: You go. All right. Okay. So it took me it took me some extra seconds, but those were the seven genres. Yeah. Uh, so today we're doing uh, the screwball, which um, is is uh, is it our favorite? Really fast- uh, oh, man, I maybe yeah yeah I think, I think maybe. it's my favorite. Yeah. It's I mean, so we're going to talk about the, so if, if you're not, if you haven't seen many, uh, screwball films, uh, listeners, uh, we're going to talk about several in this podcast, but before we do that, we're going to give like an overview of how the form emerges and the conversation. Maybe you're not familiar with the films, but the conversation is very relevant to things we've been talking about recently, specifically, uh, the necessity of indirection leading to radical break, which is a big thing in all, uh, screwball comedies. We, we want right. to claim. So, uh, right. They're, and, and they're not just comedies from, that are in black and white, or comedies that are in the classical uh, Hollywood era. They're, they are a very specific form that emerges uh, with, basically uh, it happened one night. So but before we, we get there to that specific film, Todd. Talk, give 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 the give the overview at the time. What are what are we talking? Is the code still a thing? What's going on here?
1: So that's an interesting question. So the screwball comedy, which is, I'll first say the things that are characterize it, and then I'll try to define it in the way I would want to define it. So what it characterizes mm-hmm. is rapid fire dialogue, mm-hmm. usually around a couple that's in crisis, mm-hmm. and oftentimes the couple has been divorced. Stanley Cavell called some of these films the comedies of remarriage, because oftentimes the couple has been divorced, and then they're, through the course of the film, they're getting back together. But that's not always the case, and that's not the case with all the films that we're going to talk about. In fact, our favorite of the screwball comedies, I think I speak for you, is uh, is not a comedy of remarriage at all, and yet it's very much a screwball comedy. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's typical of the screwball comedy is that there's rapid fire dialogue, usually between, they're all heterosexist or heteronormative mm-hmm. or heterosexual. At least we, mm-hmm. t- maybe not heterosexist or heteronormative, because some of them, there's a complication of that. Yeah, uh, I mean, bring, they're, bring they're,
0: a baby, which is the which is the which is our favorite. I mean, it does have a special place as the first piece of mainstream media to. Uh, people look like in uh, queer studies and uh, uh, of of media, they do go to Cary Grant's ad lib of I've gone gay as that's like the, that's the, that's
1: the first in film. Right. Right. Especially because he was himself gay. So (laughs) that adds a whole other thing to it. But um, yeah, so, so that's right. So even though the relationships in the end are heterosexual, there's all kinds of complications of them that said, so, Rapid fire dialogue, like oftentimes three times as the number of words said per minute than is average in a Hollywood film of the time. So that's sometimes yeah. it, it's even you don't even know what's and 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 Hawks, Howard Hawks for His Girl Friday, which is a film we'll talk about, had to put instead of one boom, put several mics on the on the set so that he could pick up all the different multiple things being said simultaneously. Yeah, so, give the
0: give the numbers on on that. What, what was the average words per minute in a, a Yeah, Hollywood so the film
1: average time. words per minute. This is just a it's to me it's just it's fascinating that this this could be true, right? So so the average words per minute at the time was 90 words per minute in a in a mm-hmm. Hollywood film. And his girl Friday the rate got up to they say two hundred and forty words per minute. So again, it, so Crazy. it's it's over three times as fast. And 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 if you, I I was just rewatching the film with uh, one of my sons and Hillary, and and they were like, look, it's just I just I, I'm getting a headache from this. I have to stop. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's amazing. Can't you see? Uh, yeah. They couldn't see. So so that's. But but I think okay. That said, that's the what they call the iconography of the genre. That's what mm-hmm. the, you know the, the the characteristics of it. But I think what defines it, and this is why it's important that the relationships are always in crisis. What defines it is a sexual antagonism, mm-hmm. right? And the, mm-hmm. and the, and the characters are working out that antagonism, and oftentimes they're drawn to each other when they don't want to be drawn to each other. And I think yeah, it, yeah it, I think. so there's there's a there's always an opposition between the conscious wish that someone has and the unconscious desire that's driving them. I think that's what, for me, mm-hmm. constitutes the... That's why this is my favorite of the seven classical genres because it's. I also think it's the most feminist. It's the most... You know, mm-hmm. we talked about film noir and the, the femme fatale. Obviously, there's a real focus on the active woman. But here, the women are also active. A lot of them work. And right. they're... And 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 it's a it's really about how Hollywood is struggling with f- women's emancipation. So so mm. film noir is about women go to work. You know the 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 World War II is happening. What how 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 does the society respond to that? But here it's really about women getting the right to vote in 1920, getting mm. the you know all all of a sudden being. Much more emancipated during the twenties in America. So, so the, 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 these films, even though the the genre basically starts in the thirties, early thirties, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really a, in confronting that. I think so that I find that all very fascinating.
0: Yeah, and I think to um to put uh someone who we would reference in uh, many different episodes uh to to bring them into this, uh, Alenka Zupanec has a really nice take um. Where uh using a screwball comedy from uh uh Lubich uh Clooney Brown, which uh you can just watch on YouTube, um, yeah, like yeah. not like you don't have to not you can pay for it on YouTube because it's just it's for free on YouTube, you can watch it um it's great um, amaze your friends at, uh, parties, uh, with how obscure it is. Um, uh, relatively speaking to the, the present moment. And, but she has this great take in, um, what collection is that? Is that essay? It's in?
1: called, uh, it's, it's a collection on Lubitsch. I want to say it's called Enjoy Your, I'll find out.
0: Okay. Okay. Find out as, as I, as I say the thing. And her take is that with, um, the screwball comedy, as opposed to what we have, uh, now which is the romantic comedy or the rom-com as opposed to that and even other uh kinds of romantic films in the classical hollywood era you don't have two people becoming one as the spice Girls sang uh so uh, influentially in the uh 1990s uh what you have are two becoming two yeah and that's that's the and and it's a the two becoming a two that they could not be without that tie between each other and that's the the um what brings and 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 separates screwball comedies from just romantic comedies uh in the sense of like you know like a like a when harry met sally or just a comedy where there is romance at the center of it like a screwball and it has a a, i would say that's that's a a theoretical feature that it has to have to becoming two and i would and uh there's also, and this will be interesting when we talk about uh, the awful truth, there's almost always uh, like there is a class consciousness in the film.
2: Yeah. Class
0: is a, is a, is a, is a pretty big deal. And, and usually the films are on the side of the working class, which is a thing that in contradistinction with romantic comedies of today, class is almost never a thing. Like I just mentioned when Harry met Sally, I love that movie. That's, that's one of my favorite movies. That's a movie, Todd. I could watch if my house was on fire. So that's yeah. like, it's, it's yeah. a total favorite of mine class it does not matter at all in that film. No. It's not like people having money it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's 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 not it's not an issue for anyone. It's not an obstacle uh, preventing uh, anyone from doing anything. It's just utter background. And, I mean and, it's and interesting. To,
1: yeah, it's totally true and I think we've talked about this before. I don't think on the podcast though, but the the opposition between another Lubitsch film, the 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 collection is called Lubitsch Can't Wait. Uh, nice. And it was published in, in, in uh, Slovenia, which I think why it's not more well mm. disseminated. And what it's in English, anyway, right? It's in English, correct? Correct. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. in Slovene. Uh, so so the opposition, I think, between shop around the corner, which is mm. all about class, everyone's working, no one's no one's part of the, even the middle class, mm-hmm. and uh, the remake of it, which I think is fine. You've got mail. Right. Where class is absolutely not. A, it's a like one of the lovers is a is a is a he's like an exec at Barnes and Noble who's destroying independent bookstores, right? And yeah,
0: and I, I mean, let's go let's go even further than that. The uh uh Tom Tom Hanks is the friendly face of Jeff Bezos in that movie.
1: Correct. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Although today we think Barnes and Noble's a great holdout against That's Jeff right. Christmas. I
0: know what a flip that that, that, that has happened. <laughs> that's uh, very since funny. That... I, know,
1: so, I know. So so, so though, yeah, so but that to important. me is the the uh, synecdoche for the disappearance of nice. class in the move from the screwball to the romantic comedy. And I think you're I hadn't thought of that before, but I think you're right that in the screwball comedy you don't get this two become two becomes two, whereas in the Romantic comedy, it's like, you know, we're we've become one, and I think right. that that's, right. yeah. So it's Spice Girls or, or <laughs> yeah, or or you two were one, but <laughs> we're not the same, right? So, any, so <laughs> right, yeah, right, same right, thing. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: or when dos become un to quote uh, Miranda Hart, uh, yeah. So th- 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 that's what happens in the rom com, and in the the screwball, it's the, as we will show throughout. It's the it's the two becoming two, and and as you. And also a lot of these films uh, to go back to another uh, favorite of ours, um, it involves uh, like two the romantic uh, relationship that isn't happening. The, the, uh, the will, they won't, they relationship involves one or both uh, parties reading the desire of the other. And that, and, and so these are, um, I don't know, almost um, they're, uh, there, they're I think antagonism is the is the is the nice word to use uh, to to have the the Hegelian reference, but these are antagonistic uh, relationships that that, right. that unfold, or relationships that uh, unfold around a central antagonism that has to be yeah. reconciled, so that the like again, so in in that that antagonism doesn't go away, as in the like there's a problem and then two become one. It's the like that antagonism. And like this is why Clooney Brown is so is so great. That antagonism forms the basis of the romantic tie of the relation, I mean, is, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right.
1: So rather than overcoming it, it's through the antagonism that the romantic tie is is constituted. So yeah, I yes. think that's really that's really good. So it happened one night is nineteen thirty four. Mm-hmm. Everyone maybe knows that it was the first film to win. Only three films Everything. have done this. I think Ryan knows which three they are. But uh, one best director, best picture, best actor, best actress. Do you know the mm-hmm. other two? Um,
0: I know for sure of Silence of the Lambs.
1: Yes, that's the that's it, the most recent.
0: Yeah, that's the most recent. And then, oh God, is it? Um, is it's it? It's not a great s-
1: movie, actually.
0: <laughs> oh no, the, the other two movie? are great. Yeah, is it in the 60s? '60s or 70s?
1: Uh, Early 70s, I think.
0: Early 70s? It maybe
1: late 60s. Father, One it? Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh,
0: Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. how did I? Yeah, yeah okay, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: But it's not, um, you know, clearly compared to the other two, it's a little lesser, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, fun fact, uh, not based on the novel for legal reasons, based on the, uh, the stage play. Because Ken Kesey would not allow it to be made into a film, and so they wow had a legal work, yeah. So that's what they did: legal workaround. They said it was based on the stage play, not wow. based on the the novel. Yeah,
1: yeah. So a lot of people think this is Capra's best. It happened one night is his best film. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, and it's Clark Gable, Claudette Colbert. Claudette Colbert is amazing as the, and here is again right? is the is the way the class divide is written in. Right, Clark Gable, mm-hmm. working class reporter. Mm-hmm. Claudette Colbert, elite, wealthy heiress who's about to be married to a guy named King Wesley. So that so just that's... Shows the...
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: also yeah, another little... king. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, good. yeah.
1: Another little thing about this film: it stars the skipper's dad. The skipper's did you know that?
0: Oh, from uh, uh, from Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island. Island. Yeah,
1: wow. Alan Hale Sr.
0: is in this. film. Oh, that's that is beautiful. Yeah, I did not know yeah. that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. But uh anyway, so so it's about uh Claudette Colbert playing Ellie Andrews and she's stuck in Florida. She does a lot mm-hmm. of crazy things, right? And she's she's run away from this King Wesley, I think, right? Because she decides mm-hmm. she doesn't want to marry him. Right. And she's in Florida, she has to she's out of money, I think she or loses her her purse or something and, and then she has to hitchhike basically and take the bus back with Peter Warren who's played by mm-hmm. Clark Gable and then as they're going back to New York from my to, from Miami I think or somewhere in Florida so uh, wait
0: and no, hold on I want to just very briefly uh because this comes me, up in the cause... off no 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 no, no this is not a correction this is just to mention that at this time and you can see this in films Miami was not called Miami it was called Miami <laughs> and and uh this this is happens in um in detour um i i uh why am i forgetting the the name of the guy who's the uh that he called he refers to it as Miami but um which is which is whatever uh that's a that's a literally a b movie so you might say like okay no one cultured would call it miama um uh un, untrue cary grant in awful truth in the beginning of the film he refers to it as uh he was down in Miami or he Miami, was supposed to be down in Miami <laughs> but but he was actually in uh in California anyway that's all i wanted to mention if Miami was brought up in a film in 1934 it was probably Miami so just let's wow. just be uh yeah wow mm-hmm.
1: very good yeah so and 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 again this is the it's not the technically first it's like kind of like the way wizard of oz was the first color film it wasn't right but it, People mm-hmm. think it was, or Birth of a Nation was the first feature film. It wasn't, but right. it it constituted it the feature, right? It, yeah. it constituted it as as such. And I so this is, uh, in, in, to my mind, the first romantic comedy. And and it's interesting that the woman, uh, Ellie Andrews, Claudette Colbert, is in the upper class position, mm-hmm. and the man is in the lower working class position, which is not always right. the case, right? Like no, as we will find out yeah sometimes it's reversed, so uh anyway, so that's the that's the basic setup and then as they go up toward her marriage, she's basically going back to get to 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 make it to the to the wedding on time, and then mm-hmm. she gets there and then she has because she's fallen for they've 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 suffered through various things like they've they've had to sleep outside. Mm-hmm. They they find they mm-hmm. can af- they get a hotel room at one point and they she's like, How are we gonna stay in the same room? And then they Clark Gable puts up a curtain between them and he says, this is right. the walls of Jericho. Right. Uh right. and no no the Joshua doesn't have a trumpet uh so they're not gonna <laughs> come down. Uh and then they there's a very famous hitchhiking scene. Yes. Where Clark Gable's the really the the learned person who's used to hitchhiking. He says there's three ways you can hit <laughs> he tries <laughs> these three different ways and they all they all, they all fail. And then uh Ellie Andrews Claudette Colbert lifts up her skirt and the, the car comes to a screeching halt and they it's get A ride. Screeching halt. Yeah. It's
0: a great scene. It's a great um scene of castration. But, you it know, really and is. And, and, yeah. and like like he like he, even there's this great moment where Clark Gable like sheepishly puts his thumb back like in his fist yeah you know like uh and and he'd been eating a long carrot before that so like there's just just this great this great symbolism like he he thinks he thinks he's big he's big man on campus yeah and uh and and he's he and he knows everything and then you know Claudette colbert comes along right she gives a little bit of leg and they immediately like gets the car to stop this film also i think really important for our purposes so this it came out a few months before the uh, Hayes Production Code went into effect, right? Um, and I, I think, I think I seem to remember that like one of the, uh, one of the reasons why the uh, code was um, justified, it was like that scene was uh, was one of them. Like that was too too racy. The,
1: what, the uh, hitchhiking th- scene,
0: the hitchhike, what Claudette Colbert did, yeah, yeah. was uh, was uh, yeah. too much. And uh, won't somebody please think of the children? To quote Helen yeah. Lovejoy. So yeah. the. Um, the, redone,
1: by the way, in mystic pizza, oh is that right yeah, but it's but but the interestingly that's a that's a romantic comedy where there's still the class divide, but mm. um interestingly, Julia Roberts plays a working class woman who does that, so the guy mm. the rich guy tries to hitchhike and then she does the dress she does
0: that's interesting yeah. that's yeah. a nice little a nice little reversal so the the- th- the position of the code. Uh, vis-a-vis the screwball comedy is different from the noir. So if you want to hear more about the um, Hayes code, uh, we talked a lot about that with the noir because uh, our claim was it as a, um, I think our, uh, we came down on, on neither uh, the side of uh, the noir being a a genre or a style, but it being a dialectical movement within film itself. And part of how it, uh does that is it, the way that it ne- negotiates and navigates uh the the code the the production code um especially since uh, characters in a noir always commit a crime and a huge part of the code is if someone commits a crime they have to pay for it by the end of the film so there's this like this this air of fatalism to the noir um Screwball comedies, because you know, mostly we're looking at people who are probably gonna end up getting married, uh, it doesn't quite have that same relationship to the law, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have a relationship to uh, code. And I do not think that it is it's it's not typically the uh the, the production code that the relationship that screwball comedies uh have. That's that's not the uh the tightest relationship. It's actually the code between people. And so that's what like there's a the the ethics. Of the screwball comedy, if you like, uh, is about a code of conduct be- between people, right. and that that's what uh, that's what holds a lot of these films together. So, like a a moral transgression uh, between two people has the exact same status of a legal transgression in a noir. Um, only it there the the what happens is not predetermined by something outside of the film it's determined by like the film uh itself so like you know uh walter neff commits a crime and he's dying at the beginning of uh double indemnity so he's going to die at the end like that's just like that's what's going to happen um but the beginning of uh you know awful awful truth uh the uh Cary grant uh believes um uh irene dun has a uh, not just cheated on him one time, but multiple times. And then she thinks the same thing of him because he said he was going to Miami, but he really went to California. And so that's, that's there. That transgression, uh, doesn't determine that they end up, uh, uh, apart. I mean, it does at least, at least a little bit. It, that's exactly the, uh, the antagonism that has to be, uh, reconciled between the, between the, the, the two characters. And that's what right. forms the, you know, the, the the genesis and the uh, of of the and the trajectory of the narrative itself
1: right right absolutely true and i i think that that's the you know the way in which the antagonism leads to or the the way the relating to the antagonism leads to an ethical position i think is the like it's interesting that a a a, a comedy that is centered on romance would have mm. Ethics at its core, right? Like, right. But it does, I think. And well, I think, think about it
0: happened one night and talk about like with the money, you know, like the because it's not clear to, um, to uh, Claudette Colbert's character that um, what Clark Gable's doing is like it, it seems at a certain point that like they're not really falling for, for each other. He's just playing a role so he can get the best story. Right. For as a as a reporter. And then there, then it's not just that he um, is given money by her uh, her father and she thinks that he takes it. Right. Uh, and but he refuses. And so it's so it's again, it, this also goes back to not just the class dynamic, but like the um, like uh, like money as well. And what and 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 wealth like can't can't really be a you part can't trust of the romantic I th- pie, right?
1: Right. I think it's interesting how the, there's always this fear that the person is just doing what they're doing for the money, right? And mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I mean that's so we're going to talk about. We just talked about mm-hmm. it, it happened one night, which w- kicks it off, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about the awful truth, which is a Leo McCary film. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. At, and it's that there's just something interesting about that, and then we're going to talk about bringing up baby, which is as we've said our favorite. Then his Girl Friday, uh, both of those are Howard Hawks films, and then we're going to conclude with the Philadelphia Story, which is a George Cooper film. and And so let's just talk about Awful Truth to start out. Like it seems like, again, the same dynamic. Although the class dynamic is a little less in this film than in mm. the other four films, I think. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, I think that that's. I think that's fair. Yeah.
1: Because. Um, Jerry, Cary Grant, Jerry Warner, and Irene Dunn, Lucy Warner, they they're they're this is about their split and them coming together. And there's not right. really at any point a lower class figure. Neither of them, they both come from the same class. Right. And there's not and and the person that she's thinking about marrying, Ralph Bellamy, played by uh who plays Daniel Leeson. I think is that his name? Daniel mm-hmm. Leeson. Yeah. I think that's um right. Daniel or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, no, Daniel, he, that's right. Daniel, yeah, uh, he doesn't. He's not. He's he's from Oklahoma, but he's not poor or working no, class. No, no, no. He's.
0: It's at. I think at. I don't know if I want to say at best, but like it, it's. Um, I don't think the film is is certainly not as good on the question of uh, of 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 wealth um, and and work and labor as uh, it happened one night. But it's like because you might say that eventually um uh, Irene Dunn's character, like she becomes uh what's the word? Like pushed away by uh, like his being new money, I guess. You right. could you could even right. phrase it that way. Like he comes from like ranching money. Uh and and that's so yeah, that becomes so it's 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 less of a I mean y- it is i don't know i mean i don't, I don't know i don't know what, i don't know what, what else there there is to 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 say on 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 that point like i don't like the film there are just, there are a couple of things where this this film it's uh certainly was remade into a, a pretty bad uh movie starring uh catherine Hegel and um i just called her hegel didn't i Heigl. um hegel. and uh Gerard butler
1: um called that,
0: the awful truth <laughs> um and, wasn't
1: it the ugly truth
0: Oh was it the ugly truth? Maybe. I'm pretty sure Maybe, it, was. it was. Yeah, Maybe yeah, it yeah. Was. yeah, yeah. It yeah. had the it it had a um it had a very famous um uh, uh movie poster referenced in an episode of Community and a really funny line that Gerard Butler is holding an upside down heart over his uh his genitals which really resonated with one of the uh, characters on the uh, on the show. Um so the yeah, so on the also on the class politics it's is certainly like a departure from what we're setting up about the screwball and it should be it's, it's worth noting that like Capper doesn't know he's making a screwball when he makes it happen one night. But by the time we get to the last film that we're going to talk about, which is Philadelphia story. And that's, is that 41?
1: 40. Wait, 40. 40. Yeah. Okay.
0: that um, George Cukor knows he's making a screwball. So it, right. this is not even, this isn't like noir where no one knew they were making a noir. Uh, the, the so the, because that's a, obviously a French term, um, that, in that whole conversation about like, was this a, was this even a genre? Was this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. This is, um, consciously uh, eventually, uh, a genre. I, does, does McCary, Leo McCary, who makes the awful truth. Yeah. It's a know question. A screw, screwball? Yeah, I don't know the, Even not. at 37, I don't yeah. know either. And so th- it's still in, I guess I would say this. So I, th- it's, it's, um, generic features, if you like, are still in negotiation. So, um, here we have this thing where the class politics certainly not uh solid it's it's it, this is very much uh wealthy people doing uh uh wealthy things that like don't concern the rest of the world i mean they even get pulled over by cops and it doesn't matter right. uh it like um Irene Duncan in fact that's what helps
1: get them together. It is, At yeah, right, right, because right, right.
0: they go, yeah, they right. go to stay in the country. I do appreciate that it, it it is a kind of a reverse Hallmark film in that she rejects a rancher from the South for a uh, New York uh, Northeast elite, which is the I opposite know. of what happens. You know, so I, know. I, I guess I, I guess I appreciate that a little bit, but um, uh, other things it doesn't it, it doesn't really uh, do um, are like this film was largely improvised, so this like rapid dialogue. Uh, n- not really a thing until um, a very clearly and super like beautifully written scene at the end. Um, w- so it's uh, and this it, is it has one of the
1: great endings in, in Hollywood. I think this, that I, I do think is true. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sure. a little bit lesser than some of the other films we're going to talk about, but I think the ending is really, really great.
0: Well, well, there are two things that are great. I mean, I think the ending is great, and I think the idea is great of the film. Yeah. Um, part of the, the, uh, the largely improvised thing, I think this is Leo McCary being influenced by the Marx brothers because he very famously, uh, I think, I think very famously, I hope very famously, uh, was the director of, uh, duck soup of their, their greatest film, right? It's their greatest film for sure. For sure. And, and the best thing that he was able to do for them in that movie was to have a, to, to provide a, um, you know, a structure like a narrative structure, but also to let them be them you know, and so you can, so there's something interesting about the awful truth where it feels between like vaudeville or between the stage and the cinema. It's right. not, if you were, if you're going to watch these films in a row, um, it happened one night feels far more filmic. filmic yeah. And yeah, than uh, than the awful truth does the awful truth has like three songs in it. And they're not long, certainly not like the songs in like in other Marx brothers movies even, but like, the there there's a song per act i uh, i think it's fair to say in uh right. in the awful truth which is not i mean it's common in hollywood films uh, you know casablanca has lo- like singing more than you f- think about uh until you rewatch right. the movie right um but uh it, it, you know it, this isn't the case for the other films uh you know there's not like it would be really funny if uh, i mean you, i mean you just watched it last night so tell me am i repressing a musical number in his girl friday no, or am there's i there's no, no there's no
1: you wouldn't you couldn't imagine a song in that film because no that would be, it wouldn't be slow be down long enough for a song that's true yeah it I right? to be I mean, seeing it once yeah it's the, i think that's an interesting thing about the screwball comedy like the other like noir typically has songs. Yeah. Uh I was lady from Shanghai famously has yeah. Rita Hayworth singing. Um mm-hmm. although her voice is being dubbed. Uh even though she could sing. It's a very weird thing. They love to dub voices of actors that could sing. Well, it <laughs> was worse than well
0: singing for her, right?
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was this uh Brenda, Peggy Lee, Peggy Lee, I think that's who it was. Um, but anyway, it's, it's, I know you were joking. Uh, 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 so it is, but, but I think in, in, in the screwball, it's a little bit harder because of the speed of the dialogue, right? Like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't Mm -hmm. slow down what's going on long enough for a song. And, and, and I think that's why awful truth is in this Liminal position, right? Like it's not. It is. It's clearly a screwball comedy, but it it hasn't yet taken on all the trappings of the oh. genre.
0: No. So let it hasn't, and and let's so let's talk about what it does do though. Is that or, and and in the. Why it's sort of included here, or why we're including it here, is also um, I don't think we realized this when we were planning the episode. But four of these films star Cary Grant. Cary Grant, <laughs> so, um, which is really funny, um, and I hadn't thought about it until I started prepping for the episode. Also, two of them star the same dog. Uh, that's uh, that's a Skippy Skippy the dog. So um,
1: who also played I, which I, I a film that I uh, the thin the Asta and the Thin Man, right?
0: That's right. That's right. So So, incredible. Uh, very, um, I didn't think also it's a very awful truth is very pro dog film, which I, which I'm fine with, but I don't like when it's pro dog at the expense of being anti cat. I think it's, it's subtly an anti cat film. So I don't, so, so that I didn't like so much, but what it's, but what the film is really great at is that like the, it states in the beginning that the, uh, or I should say it's, it's Cary Grant's character says this, that there has to be a fiction in a relationship to sustain it and he doesn't phrase it that way exactly but what he's saying is that like once you he says like once you lose trust uh then the relationship falls apart but really what it is is like once you lose the idea of the fiction that sustains your romantic tie you that's it you can't get it back that's the outright stated position of the film but then what the film comes back to and i think this is really fascinating and, and and radical is that you can get that fiction back you can, and you can, right. and you can get it back by losing it completely. And, right. and that I think is a really uh, wonderful uh, idea and a really, and a, uh, I think a really uh, radical idea. Uh, and you get and, it and, back.
1: And, Go ahead. Oh
0: mm-hmm. no, I was just going to say, and one that I don't think would be consonant with many romantic comedies that are made today. I think that like right. they would very much have the position of the, uh, of the film earlier in the, in the film and that right. like the only way that you could get the fiction back is if it is if uh the the thing that you suspected of the other person was proven completely to be uh innocent. And I don't and I think what's really great about the awful truth is that it's not completely clear that Irene Dunn's character wasn't cheating on on uh, right. Grant's character. Right. And it's right. not completely clear that he wasn't doing the same thing in California. Right. But right. what they have to do is they they have to decide that they want to be with each other. And because they want to be with each other, that's worth reinvesting in the fiction. I think that's, a, well, that, that's a, it's a beautiful idea.
1: Right. I mean, I think that may make this the most radical film of all, even though I think there are other things that mitigate that because it mm-hmm. the, you're watching it. You're like, wait a minute. So this is a code film. Yeah. 37. It's under past production codes, 34. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they, it's, it. you watch the film. I've seen the film, I don't know, four or five times. And, you, it's pretty clear that there's a good chance both of them cheated on the other, right? Yeah. And yeah. yet they can come back together. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that's that's pretty good. And I and I, and and what's what's I think also fascinating about that is that the vehicle for them coming back together is a third party. And I think that's the thing mm-hmm. that runs. Yes. That's the line that runs through. All of these films that in this case, it's the Ralph Bellamy character, who's this oil man from Oklahoma who plays the part of this vanishing mediator that comes in, allows them to get back together by providing this. It's interesting because he what he what does he do? He provides he's someone for Cary Grant to say, well, I don't want that person with Irene Dunn instead of me. But. He also is someone for Irene Dunn, so she can say, well, this is one option, and then there's Cary Grant, who's the other <laughs> right, one, right? right? Like, I think, so I think it, he works for both of them, not just for one, as this third party that allows them to mediate their relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, And it is interesting, too, like, you know, the the, um, the Irene Dunn-Ralph Bellamy relationship doesn't even happen without the um, intervention of her Aunt Patsy, who then... Uh, becomes very against their relationship at all Uh, as the, as the film goes on. um, And yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, there, there's all these, like the, the layers of, of mediation. I mean, this, it goes back to the point uh, I brought up at the beginning of the episode. And we talked about in the wild psychoanalysis one is that like, you need these layers of mediation. You need these uh, like points of indirection to right. constitute the the romantic tie. And that's what the screwball comedy is so good at is that there's not a or, or if there is a scene of a direct reconciliation uh and and working through the central antagonism, that can only be achieved by at the very least a minimal detour through another person uh who's mediating the the uh, antagonistic e- exchange between the uh the two protagonists in the first place.
1: Right? It's so, almost like yeah. You know how they. You know how the. You know the. The the idea is like if you want to save your relationship, you just got to open up and communicate. Here, I think the (laughs) idea is: you want to save your relationship, go out, have an affair, bring someone else into it, and then that'll make it. I mean, so it's a really. I don't think they, but it's also not said in a cynical way, right? Like it really wants to save the relationship. It really believes in the love between. Uh, the the Irene Dunn and the Cary Grant characters, right? And and mm-hmm. there's another one, great. Another, I think it's a Leo McCarey. Uh, My favorite wife, which is also mm-hmm. Cary Grant and Irene Dunn. and it, it's a it's a similar thing. Although he's she's been declared dead, she's been lost at sea and declared dead, mm-hmm. and so he <laughs> he's he as he has her declared dead, he's going to remarry, and then she returns. Like she returns mm-hmm. right before. And then so they each have this other like she was on this desert island for seven years with this like incredible Tarzan looking guy. <laughs> and and I think he, he I, really I mean, this is the term used to describe, but I think he like played Tarzan in the movies or something. Uh, nice. And and Cary Grant's got this. like to imagine
0: this that this is what Glenn Miller did, you know, like that, that he, he was lost at sea. You know the big band leader. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I yeah. know that. Yeah.
0: I want to. I want to imagine this was his life. Anyway, please continue. Sorry.
1: But it, was he ever found? No. 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 Right. Okay. No. Yeah, I like that uh, idea. He
0: was. He was found in jokes in the Golden Girls, but not in real life. As not a in real life. Okay. Person. No. Yeah.
1: But in the and 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 so Cary Grant has this woman who's kind of a unpleasant figure, who he he's going to marry and so they each have this figure that mediates the relationship to the other and so they have to navigate between the new wife in order to get to the mm-hmm. to the back to the Irene Dunn the old wife so i think it's you know ever it's a it's an amazing film it's it's interesting how every one of the film like they all have this other party that mm. then makes the bond possible and i think don't you think there's something really, I, I think something about capitalist modernity is mm-hmm. against indirection, which I think gives these mm. films their radicality. Like, or, yeah. he, or or even maybe just ontologically, that's right. You know, like structurally, that's right. Well, Regardless well, of what to, epoch we live in. Yeah, go
0: ahead. Yeah, to, well, I'll put it this way, that like what, um, what capitalist uh, logic requires being invested in it is that, um, you need to be invested in product. You need to be invested in like, in, in like the final, the, 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 the final thing you need to have the, 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 the real thing. That's right. what, that's what you need. You need to have this, you need to have this direct access to the final thing, forget mediation. Uh, and the, you know, I, I even, I even heard from a, co- a colleague that at the, um, at the end of, uh, like the, their, this was this was part of the speech for graduating seniors this past year. Was that okay. like mediation? Mediation was the was the enemy. We need to get like direct contact with each other. That's what that's what we really need. So, and I that think was that the it's message
1: a message at your school.
0: Um, I don't know about that, Todd. I think another <laughs> college. So the, um, the, <laughs> so the, I think that
1: person should be fired. But anyway, go uh,
0: well, I, well, again, I don't know who, I don't know. Who, yeah. Who, who whatever. Something I, like that. Yeah, who, sorry. Who could have said I, that at what college would have been saying something like this, something such that, but I think it's a very, like, it's a very, like, like, uh, 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 an, uh, an easy to get behind idea. Like we need yeah. to have direct contact. Yeah. Like that's yes. what that's what we need to get back to. Like mediation is the is is the enemy here. And what the well, screwball I mean, don't you think, telling, Oh, go so, ahead. I was just gonna just quick go
1: quickly because I was gonna say, don't you think everything in because we're so surrounded by things that seem like they're mediating our relationships, like social media, yeah. all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's it makes sense why someone would say that.
0: Yeah, no, it does. It, it but it, it, and and that gives the idea that those things are really mediating when really what those things are is they're promising direct contact. They're promising mm-hmm. product what they're not, what they're not engaging with. And this is what the screwball does. They're not engaging with process. And yeah. so that if you want to have this, the, the like the, this, this easy, uh, like a dialectical opposition mm-hmm. is that what capitalism wants you to be invested in is product and what anti-capitalism wants you to be invested in is process and in indirection and mediation and not Unmediated uh, access to uh, to to product and and uh, and, and and contact. So right? like that's the, right. that's the that, that that is I think what the the screwball stages at the at the center of it of its uh, of its comedy is that right. like so you you got to get lost in this process because you also know what the end is going to be. That's the other thing too. It's it's and that's another thing that it shares with uh, with the noir is you know what the end is. So it has to you 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 get um and i think this is a particularly like important lesson especially for media in uh in 2022 is that people get so wrapped up in the end oh game of thrones ended badly not worth watching at all and right. and 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 that is like that's a uh a strange relationship to have to something that like the the end is the ultimate sanction on any of the meaning that came before it and i think it, it like to even in a narrative se- like sense, or just in the narrative media that you that that one uh, contends with, to loose oneself from that idea and to p- get thrown over into like into process, I I do think is a radical gesture, and that's something that the screwball it pu- puts at the center of what happens in in uh, in the film. Question: in All of its films, yes. Question:
1: go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you like why Dwight? Imitation? No. Uh, (laughs) Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. Very
1: nice. uh, Here's my question. Okay, go ahead. uh, Didn't we just do an episode on the quilting point, which is all about the way in which a certain kind of ending can then retroactively constitute what the thing was doing in the first place? Like, let me just give you an example. I loved the remake of Battlestar Galactica until I saw the last episode, and then I thought, nah, the whole thing kind of misled me. I I ah. I shouldn't have and But so Tom, I think didn't
0: we come to in that very episode, didn't we didn't we come to the uh that there too much of writing about quilting point is invested in end and what the real the thing has to be is uh, investing in like the point of castration, which unmoors you from like yes, the but, idea that but the end if you have is a quilt completeness and wholeness, WHO I agree.
1: but if you have a quilting point that is designed to assure completion mm-hmm. rather than castration. Then your quilting point has ruined the series, which is what happened, right? Like the Dottle Star Galacta. I'm going to ruin it for everybody, but I I, I <laughs> hope to. Uh, it it like it shows that these aliens looking for Earth actually found it, and there are parents. They're they yeah. are Eve, you know, whatever. Uh, I yeah.
0: <laughs> but you're not that invested in what? See, I, I, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call bullshit on you, McGowan. I'm gonna call bullshit on you. I don't think, I don't think you're really invested in that because it, to that's. W- I don't think I th- this isn't this is not this is in uh, this is not a set that includes itself. This is not a Tom McGowan uh, comment. I don't think you really care what the show thinks it's doing. So what the what the show thinks its quilting point is and quilting on uh wholeness w h o l e n e s s. I don't think you care about that.
1: Well, that may be true, but uh it, it didn't know it right, it didn't know it was trying to no, make a whole. So, but no, but it did, let me no, just it, say that's this. The, Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, it fits in like Okay, I don't know if you remember the show, but they come to this planet where they they beam down or I don't no, know how I they do. get I down, I and it's all yeah. just like they think it's Earth and it's totally barren and it's all like it's yes. destroyed itself in a war or something. Yeah, and and they're like, oh, we're just going to be stuck in space the rest of our lives. That's all we have. And I thought, excellent, that's a perfect ending. Right. And then it kept on going. Same thing with <laughs> Mad Men, right? Like yeah, I know he I comes know. Yeah. to the thing, right? So so. I do think, like, you can end a series yourself the right way by stopping watching it at the right time. Sure. Or a movie, like, you can walk out—some movies you have to walk out after the credits. But most movies you can walk out at the right time, and you could turn it into a masterpiece, right?
0: I, th- I think that, well, but that, see, that's what I think you actually believe, is that, like, the, f- the, the film, the, the thing yeah. can, the thing can think its end is whatever its end is, but, like, that doesn't mean that's where the quilting point is. Yeah, okay, so, good So, so that's, yeah, that's what I would enough. say. Is, yeah, fair is enough. That, but but you have end, to admit... End is there, product,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, but there's a difference between Citizen Kane sure. and Battlestar Galactica for the reason that, Citizen Kane, you don't have to do that. You can stay till the end. You can just accept. Wells kind of knows what he's doing. He he ended it just right, you know, with the rosebud burning up. Right. I mean,
0: well, that is why some certain things uh, uh, loom larger. In yeah, culture. yeah, that's all I. I, mean. I, I th- yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. As I think that that um, I think that it, and, and I think that you, you could group them all as like what what are the things that understand that. The 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 end is not the is not a, a wholeness of meaning, but a whole h o l e right, a way of like affirming
1: castration or something, right? Like yes, so that's why both you and I think The Wire is the greatest thing ever done on television for exactly that reason, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah, whereas Breaking Bad I think is pretty great, but it ends like. What does he say? Walt went out like a, what is he, what's Goddamn the guy? Goddamn
0: man. That's what Vince Gilligan says. It's yeah, so unfortunate. Yeah. But I'll tell you, li- listen, I don't know how Better Call Saul is going to end in a couple weeks. And uh, it's also, it's, it's, by the way, I'm telling you this, this, I'm telling you this personally, and this is on the show. It's must watch for you, but okay. I have moved okay. it. I've moved it from, yeah, you should get, it's, you have to watch it.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: okay. Requ-
0: required. And we'll do. We'll do an episode on it. It's and it has a uh, and in fact a lot of people. I'll just I'll just tuck this take in right here. I'm yeah. seeing a lot of talk online of uh, Better Call Saul as a western. It's actually a noir. That's my oh, that's, that's my little well that, that's that, my little
1: that's, little that's little a selling western point take. for me. But now there let's transition because this is a perfect yes. transition. Perfect. to a film that knows how to quilt itself. <laughs> <Right>?
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And maybe. You no, know, Todd.
0: Can I tell you making yeah, this tell transition? Me. Making this transition where you're making it makes me want to tell you that um I love you, I think.
1: Oh that's the uh that's what she says, right? Who says no, that? No, he says, says that. that.
0: Carrie, Grant, Carrie Grant says that to Catherine Hepburn at the end. Yeah. Bring a baby, which is what you're about to talk about. Yes,
1: it is what I'm about to say. Uh she says I love you first, right?
0: No, 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 no. He no, it's it's she's brought the intercostal clavicle. And I know destroyed his entire the, yeah and his I life's work basically his life's work and I I my my memory is she doesn't say it to to him like she's apologizing to him yeah. and he says to her I I you know I I, I love you I think that's and that's, what, the, that's those what, are the last
1: words of the film. those are the last words yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah incredible yeah. yeah yeah incredible I mean when she destroys that brontosaurus skeleton which I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about like there I think that if that's not a, considered a distinct species I think it's now but at the time it was uh,
0: I can't believe that this film is technically incorrect no one should watch <laughs>
1: it <laughs> but there's some great things about I mean there's many great things I think this is the masterpiece of the genre mm. partially because so in this case the the again the woman is wealthy uh but She's also the source of unlike it happened one night, it's a complete reversal because she's the source of chaos into his life, right? right. So that's so it does, even though she's wealthy, he never knows she is until the end, right? I think mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. close to the end, uh, and and then and 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 she just wrecks everything, like he's planning on getting married to his assistant that goes out he's trying to get money for his research that she ruins that he has this incredible skeleton build up with one bone missing she first Mm -hmm. loses the bone because her dog buries it and then she uh destroys the the entire skeleton yeah
0: that's right yeah um it's it's incredible it's also um something that's pointed out and i believe the um I'm going to use the phrase liner notes, but this is that's wrong. I, maybe it's a booklet, but I'm going to say liner notes. In the liner notes to the Criterion edition of Bring a Baby, the person and I, well, I wish I remembered who wrote this. The person who wrote the, the did the little write up. It um, talked uh, talked about how uh, th- this is more noirish than any other screwball because most of it takes place at night, and of course, you also have the Hawks connection. And he right. did uh, Big Sleep, which you know we we talked about um, in the in the noir episode. Um, and so that adds this like other dimension to it. And I think it, it, it what it does as opposed to the awful truth, but a, I would say maybe a little bit closer to what happened one night is you are very, and also, um, the next one, uh, his girl Friday, you are very aware of how much time things are taking. Right. And, and it's, and it's compressed in bring a baby. And that's part of why uh, like it's so absorbing, is that you are you're you're wrapped up in in uh really how fast things are happening. It's
1: basically one night. Yeah, right? It, yeah, it basically, basically it
0: happened one night, uh Todd. Yeah. Much more so which hap- which it happened one night takes place over we- uh, a period of a weeks. A week, I think, yeah. And yeah. it's I believe 60 days in the awful truth. And that's also part of like, you know, the improv thing, like the scenes feel a little like long and, and, and whatever. But with, uh, with bringing a baby, like we have absolutely no time <laughs> to, to do any of this. And so it has this, uh, I think, um, this pacing that will become, uh, a hallmark of the, of the genre. And it's, I uh, mean, you, you, I'm, I'm going to steal a phrase from you that you mentioned before the, you, used before the show started is that what Hawks does, I mean, you know, we just talked about two films that exist that, that were out before bringing it baby. So clearly the, like the screwball is, is starting to take shape and starting to take form. So Hawks doesn't, in, and he maybe doesn't invent any of the, like the generic features as in genre features that are in this movie. But what he does is he punctuates the form. Yeah. And so it's the rapid dialogue of of course, but it's also the, like the pace of the, of the narrative as well. And it happening in this compressed timeline, which is also something that happens with, um, uh, with his girl Friday. And that's something that is like, you know, you need that sense of urgency in these movies for what's happening to, to matter at all. Because if these characters had all the time in the world to work out what was between them, then it, it's, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Like if, uh, right. you know, if, if Claudette Colbert didn't need to get back to what she thought was for one, you know, she's a kind of a famous person and is assumed missing. So she has right. to get back no matter what. Right. And then, in awful truth they have a divorce uh but it's not finalized for 60 days right. so eventually that time you know uh and uh, matters and that's why it has that you know that great ending with the the clock although it does sort of imply that two become one so again it's maybe not uh c- cohering to the uh what ends up becoming the dominant features of the of the genre right. where two become two um but yeah with bringing a baby like because it's concentrated um at night we we have this pace we have this urgency um and uh you know hawks has the line about the movie where he wishes he had one more grounded character in the movie and unfortunately he's wrong uh he doesn't need another there doesn't need to be a grounded character in the film because what's what he's doing what he's it, it like that's i mean that's part of why it makes uh a lot of sense for Cary Grant's character in that film to say like, I've gone gay, like and to jump up in the air. Like he's in that right. thing. Like right. he is having like what his character has to do is to submit to this l- logic, this non rational, non scientific logic that's being instituted by the Catherine Hepburn character.
1: Yeah. The Su- like, Susan Vance. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Yeah. Like, and and that's like, so it's a, and that, that's central it's absolutely central to their relationship right taking I mean shape. it's
1: one of the don't you think it's one of the few films until like I don't know bridesmaids but even then I don't know if they're doing it on purpose where a female character just is abs- goes absolutely berserk like she she's they're playing <laughs> golf she like plays other this other guy's golf ball and she doesn't yeah. care and then when she's driving her car away from the from the, the, like she gets in the wrong car and then she just like smashes other cars off as she's mm-hmm, driving mm-hmm. away. Like that's how guys act. That's how guys act in Hangover. You know, like, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, be- that's <laughs> one of the things that's just amazing about it. Like she just she has just a complete nonchalance about the rules of the game, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really I think it's really and, and he's hyper obsessional. Right, the David character, the Cary Grant character. So it's like when they conflict with each other, it's like, she just throws his entire world out of, out of joint. The other thing that's important is that he can't know whose niece she is. Right. Like her, her aunt is the one that's going to give money. And so if he knew this was the niece, then he would be more accommodating to her and not, you know, but, but he doesn't know that. And then, and and he the, the mistaken identity, I think, is really crucial throughout the film that it's through the mistake that you find out what you really desire. And yeah. what's fascinating, don't you think the it's fascinating? Right? The indirection, right? What's fascinating is the mistaken identity even extends to the animal kingdom, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the leopard, <laughs> like one of the funniest things in the film is that there's a tame leopard named Baby and I think there's a wild the wild leopard doesn't have a name, but mm-hmm. it it gets mistaken for the tame mm-hmm. leopard, and there are all these really funny scenes. But what that allows this this interaction with the wild leopard that could eat them, it actually allows for them to to become to find out what they desire and who they are. Right. So I, I think mm-hmm. it's it's a it's pretty amazing. Even the dog has to wrestle with a leopard. At some point, and it thinks it's wrestling with the, or they think it's wrestling with the team leopard. The tame line, but it's yeah. really wrestling with the, the wild one, although who's been ready to put down, right? Because it attacked a person right, in the right, circus right. or whatever, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's right. So,
0: yeah. I mean, I think that, like, if, if you'll allow me to say, I think this is great cat content. Yeah. I think it's big, yes. it's big cat content. It's right. excellent cat content. Um, you know, one of my, ever, have you ever seen the Beatles movie Help? There's very good cat content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So you know when the tiger escapes from the London, there's this great line in that movie where uh, Ringo is in the basement of he's trapped. He's in the basement of this pub, and the police officer who's been assigned to uh, make sure all the Beatles are taken care of, like he says, "All you have to do," he says, "That's the that's a famous lion that that's escaped from the London Zoo. Uh, You have to calm it down by singing." uh, famous Beethoven's famous ninth symphony and John Lennon has this great line. He says, yeah, why didn't you think of that? You twit. And it's just so <laughs> funny because why? <laughs> why should he think that's what he needs to do to get away from the line? Anyway. So right, apart from right. that scene, that scene in help great, great big cat content. Um, and the, like to go back to your point, I think it's a, it's a real good one. Is that like the, um, the indirection extending to the animal kingdom uh is a, a really good one because it helps to to show like it, it, it's another thing that helps to show like the world of this film is contrary to what hawks uh maybe uh wanted or thought after the fact is it's in this constant negotiation it does not have this mooring to the rational and the grounded that like the groundedness of the film is it's very not being grounded and right. and that's right. what that that's what enables like that's what enables the comedy to to put it that's what enables the the narrative it's what enables the the relationship it's it's what en- enables the 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 entire movie so it's like so the um i and i know that this is like this is a a, a take like where I, I think i heard this um on a on a podcast where somebody w- uh said kind of what i just said to slightly like demote bring a baby in favor of his girl friday as a much more grounded screwball comedy and therefore superior because, uh, the characters are too uh, wacky in this movie. And I don't think it's like, they're only too wacky. If you are not investing in the logic that the movie is, uh, developing throughout, like, because what to be invested in it is to submit yourself to, you know, to the, the, the logic of the illogical. And that's why that's, that's what I think the entire movie is about. And that's why he says, I love you. I think because he's like, he like, like it happens to him. You know, right, like right. like he doesn't fall in love like almost like he he was not agential in that happening. Like he figures it out after the fact that he's in love with Susan Vance, and that like uh, that I I think is a just a, like a wonderful idea and something that you don't, it's incredible
1: it's incredible you don't,
0: you don't get in romantic comedies you know anymore because it's too they they, they tend to, I think today they tend to be too logical and uh and and reasonable they they tend to be the very thing that uh that hawks wanted this to be and unfortunately he was wrong about it but it's you know it's, he was a, wrong yeah
1: you know it's his it's a it's his masterpiece i think too um it was a box office failure so that's a nice touch uh <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and 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 hawks himself wa- ha- he shot a scene in the middle of the film where they declare their love for each other mm-hmm. and then he cut it so yep perfect i mean in a way, that's his that just a sign of his genius, right that he knew what mm-hmm. to what to leave out right I think that's we all yeah. i think anybody that writes or does anything thinks i want to keep that in, but really the key is what you what you well, know to is, throw throw can, out
0: can i say can I say this this is the that um I don't know if I ever said this in the podcast, but it took me a long time to understand that you know they they say this in um in poetry or creative writing that you're supposed to kill your darlings. Yeah. And I've, and I never had anyone explain that to me. Like it was just like, Oh, you have to take out your favorite thing. And I never, I never had anyone explain that to me or, nor have I seen this uh, elsewhere. So maybe, maybe this is what what people think. So uh, uh, apologies if this ends up being redundant for some listeners, but like the reason why you kill your darlings is because if it's your favorite thing, the chances are that it means too much to you personally and it doesn't serve the piece. Yeah. That's why you kill your darlings, and 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 that's what Hawks did, as you as you just said in the, in in this film. And I think like that's like a like that's an, it's a, a very it's a very theoretical idea. Like you 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 know you you elevate you're you're elevating the the serving the the, the piece. You're not serving your own interests. Another anti capitalist uh, right, move. Right. Right. I would no, say.
1: Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And I think the ending. We both love the ending of Awful Truth, but this is an ending that's just incredible when the, the, the i love you i think and then the whole thing mm-hmm. falls down and then and and he's she's hanging there you know <laughs> for, he's got his she's, she's hanging in midair and it's it's just it's perfect i think and then mm-hmm. uh, there's a nice little uh, uh turn to to philadelphia story which uh, uh sorry no we're going to turn to to his girl friday which is, girl is again carrie grand Again, Cary Grant. Uh, We should just call this Cary Grant.
0: We shouldn't say this is a genre episode. This is a Cary Grant episode. But
1: not Katherine Hepburn, Rosalind Russell, who was not the first person considered for Hildy Johnson. So Hildy Johnson, interestingly, because she's a professional, she's a writer, she has Mm -hmm. her own name. So Walter Burns, Cary Grant is her husband. So I think that's an interesting conscious choice. And again, part of the feminist leaning mm-hmm. of the of the genre. So they've been married. So you'd think she'd be hildy Burns, but she is hildy Johnson. Uh and and the film begins with them with her coming in to tell Walter, Cary Grant, that she's getting married again. And mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing, right? So he he's her she's divorced him because she was just her a writer for him at the newspaper and he where he was the editor. And she felt like they never did anything just for fun. It was all just business. And she right. wanted to settle down and have mm-hmm. kids or have, you know, whatever, be a, a homemaker. I don't know what. But uh uh Do so, something
0: that Ralph Bellamy in the awful truth would have would have wanted.
1: Right. So, so this which yeah. we, we we'll get to this. A very famous <laughs> yeah. line in this film. Um so so they she the the film begins with her coming in to announce this to uh, Cary Grant character and The immediate question is, what the hell is she doing? So it's not one of these things where he's got to sign the divorce papers. They're divorced. So they're already divorced. She comes in just to tell him. And he, I think, you don't get it. He doesn't ever say this, obviously. But I think he reads her desire and he's like, well, wait, why would she be coming to tell me this unless Mm. she really wanted me to try to win her back from this Ralph Bellamy character, his name Bruce Baldwin in the in the mm-hmm. film, right? So, so he let's and just so say the, Ralph
0: Bellamy type, Todd. Let's just, Ralph let's
1: Bellamy type, right? So, yeah. <laughs> we're getting to why this is funny in one second. So, so <laughs> that the the basically the entire film. So there's a there's a murderer who is a murderer, I guess, someone who's killed a police officer, mm-hmm. uh, but seems to have be mentally disturbed. It's not clear whether he, that that's the what was at stake or not. Who's going to be executed? And so mm-hmm. the newspaper is trying to put pressure on the mayor not to execute him, and then he escapes, and then Hildy Rosalind Russell ends up hiding him in a desk, and so there's a whole, a whole madcap thing ensues, and that's where the really fast dialogue takes place. So, uh, but but the main thing is, I think that's mm-hmm. beneath that murder story, is that it's about how can. Walter convince Hildy, prove to her what she really desires, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like win her back, uh, because she really doesn't want this Ralph Bellamy type. So at one point, so he constantly <laughs> he has him arrested two or three times, maybe, uh, with different. He being w- Walter. Uh, being Walter Cary gets the Ralph Bellamy. Cary Grant gets the Walt. Uh, the the Ralph Bellamy character arrested, and then he has. One of his so the final thing he does is he he sent he gives him money and it's counterfeit money <laughs> to pay his bail because he's been yeah. in jail so he needs bail and someone uh, he has to bail himself out or is, I, I forget right because so, Cary
0: Grant's character needs time to, to to he needs the time to to read for uh for Hildy to recognize that he's reading her desire and that right, she does not right. want the life that she has previously said that she wants with this guy, Bruce Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Right. And so, and then he, when he sends one of his, his guys down to, to find the, the Bruce Baldwin guy in the film, he's like, he's like his, his little, his henchman's like, how will I know? How will I recognize him? He goes, he looks like that fellow in the movies, Ralph Bellamy. So it's a clear, (laughs) awful truth illusion within the film, which, 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 Interestingly, the studio wanted to absolutely cut, right? Yeah, and so yeah. Hawks insisted that that and 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 Cary Grant improvised the line, and Hawks loved it and wouldn't and refused to cut it. Harry Cohn, I'm pre- who was the Columbia studio, had wanted it cut.
0: I'm pretty sure that um, it was an ad lib in Bring a Baby from Katherine Hepburn, where she is making up a lie about Cary Grant's character in that film, saying that he uh, is a criminal used to be referred to as Jerry the nipper and which is a line from the awful truth. Um, right. Where, uh, Irene Dunn says that, uh, Cary Grant's character in that film, she's pretending to be at one point, uh, his sister. And she's saying that he used to be an alcoholic and they referred <laughs> to him as Jerry, the nipper, So the, so these films are talking to each other apart, uh, uh, apart from just the dog being in two of them. Like there, there is, there is this thing that is uh, that self-aware quality to it that I think is kind of uh, fun. There, there's a, there's a, there, there's a lot of uh, apart from the thematic um, and the theoretical that we're uh, drawing out as being consistent throughout these things. There is also this like, uh, like almost like these intentional, like uh, meta suggestions that bring them together, which is, which is
1: interesting. Right. It is. It's fascinating. And I I do think, again, we get this, Ralph Bellamy almost is himself the third party, right? Like he's, he is the figure of the third. And I think that it's nice that it goes between films because the third party, it's like this thing uniting everything and yet, and allowing for the romance to be reconstituted. I think like, Mm -hmm. can you, can you, can you reconstitute the relationship? Because, I think, isn't it really, I think this comes back to what you said about the this genre being a genre really concerned with ethics and the ethical mm-hmm. relation between the two, right? Can you, there's always going to be some cut in the relation, some disturbance in the relationship, right? And the question mm-hmm. is like, can you can you constitute the relationship through that rather mm-hmm. than via the repression of that? And I think yes. that's what these yes. films are trying Nicely to... Put trying to suggest that you can do that.
0: Mm. That's very, very nicely put and that. Um, that almost makes me want to go straight to the end of uh, Philadelphia story, but yeah, I let's just do say it. that. Let's do it. Okay. Well, I don't want to go straight to the end, but, or, well, straight to the end of that film, but I think what you just said, uh, okay, so let's do, let's, let's make this, let's, let's set this up in a, uh, in in a, in a dialectical way in the way that, that perhaps uh, your friend, so Slavoy, our friend, everyone's friend, Slavoy would write, where we're going to start with the naive thing and then come around and then yeah, do, yeah. do that. Good. So I think um, Philadelphia Story, uh, um, maybe the, uh, I don't know, probably co-equal with Bring Up Baby is being the most, I mean, maybe not the most famous because it happened one night, but it's um, the... Oh, the I think Philadelphia from,
1: Story might even be the most famous of all. You think yeah. so? Okay, all right. Yeah. So I'm,
0: I'm happy happy to have been on firm footing for that one. The um So this is just like... I mean, Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, Jimmy Stewart, right? Like, you know, this is just nonstop, uh, stars here. And, uh, I will at one point do my terrible one line Catherine Hepburn impression. So get pumped for that listeners. Um, this film, uh, is again, puts Cary Grant in the position of the X and he is, has, uh, come to win back, his uh, his ex-wife, which is Catherine Hepburn, who's getting married. So this is Tracy Samantha Lord. She's a three-name person, uh, and she's marrying George Kittredge. And if you think... Catherine Hepburn's character has a lot of names. Cary Grant is CK Dexter Haven. So he's got a lot of names
1: uh, oh as
0: well. And I, and I only, I only say this because it's sort of like, you know, like uh, Jimmy Stewart's character is j- like, he has a full name, but he's just Mike. And then right. he's a reporter. And then uh, uh, Ruth Hussey, she plays uh, uh, Elizabeth, uh, Embry or just Liz. And Liz. it's like the rich, the more wealthy you are in this movie, the more, the more names, names you, have. you have. Yeah. 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 And if yeah. you are a member of the working class, you just have one name and it's not even your name. It's a shortened version of, of what your name is. So I thought that I, cause cause Jimmy Stewart's character is Macaulay, uh, but right. called Mike. Um, so anyway, so Jimmy Stewart is, uh, is a reporter and uh, as is his, uh, at the beginning of the film, love interest uh, uh, Liz and they're covering the, the, marriage, the soon to be marriage, uh, between, uh, Tracy, Catherine Hepburn's character and George Kittredge. Um, mm-hmm. but then they start to see that CK Dexter Haven, Cary Grant is going to make this complicated. Right. And so they want the exclusive. Story. He's the so,
1: ex-husband of Tracy. Right? Right,
0: right, right, right. So like, so we've got, so we got a lot of things that, you know, we've, we've seen so far, right? Right. We've got reporters covering a story. We've got, um, which we had, of course, and it happened one night. So you, you have like, why are these people invested? Is it just for money? Is it just for fame? You know, you have the ex-husband, you have the, uh, you have the new, soon to be new husband. You have the, uh, you know, the, um, the ex, um, choosing, uh, thinking that they, they want something that is more stable and predictable, but is, uh, like actually according to their, their uh, the ex husband, according to Cary Grant, is not actually what they want, right? And uh, and so that's the sort of that's the setup for um, for this film. And I think, according to what we're one of the things that we like about this, according to the class logic, um, Catherine Hepburn should end up with Jimmy Stewart, right, in this movie, right? Um, and they, I it's not and quite you kind of, of. And
1: uh, Don't you think from the perspective of the spectator, you kind of want that?
0: Yeah, I mean, they do have that. I mean, he seems to be more understanding. He seems to, because Cary Grant is just like a bull in a china shop. He's a movie.
1: prick, basically.
0: He's He is. He is. Yeah. And, and I, I think of the four Cary Grant and of the four Cary Grants, I think this is the least likable. Ah. Um,
1: You think so? Yeah, without question.
0: Without question. Without question. So, so you want, so you're rooting for Jimmy Stewart and there, there's this great uh, sequence where it's the night before the wedding and uh, uh, Tracy Catherine Hepburn uh, goes uh, out drinking, not on the town, but just on the, the palatial compound, which this (laughs) house is, Uh, the, the, the goes out drinking with, uh, with Jimmy Stewart and,
1: uh, and swimming, right?
0: And swimming. And it's like, it's not quite as obvious as the, um, and then, from Casablanca that the two characters had sex, but it's like, it seems it's pretty likely that, that they, uh, that they hooked up, uh, that, that night. This great. It's, it's probably the, I I also, I want to say this. I think it's the sexiest Jimmy Stewart is in any movie.
1: I think that's true. Uh, Although doesn't, she denies that they did, right? Like she does. Cause Kittredge says, and she's like, wouldn't you have, she goes, wouldn't you have thought better than I think of myself? Remember? mm Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, so I think I think we're supposed to think that they, unlike Awful Truth, which is totally right. ambiguous, you're right. I think we're right. supposed to think that they didn't.
0: Okay, so you don't I, think that you
1: think they did? No, I'm
0: gonna say I'm gonna say it. What's I, I'm gonna say? What's crucial about this film? Okay, is that they that they might have? Okay, okay. and what's crucial is because that's something that uh, enables. It, it, uh, similar to uh, well, what you had just said about um, like his girl Friday and, 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 or, or, or going back to the awful, awful truth, like the really nice idea of the awful truth. I think that's what makes the coupling at the end of the movie, potentially more radical that Carrie, Gr- that CK Dexter Haven has to think she might have hooked up on the night before her wedding uh, with Mike and Liz has to also think that that happened. Right. But it, th- that's the thing that rather than like, I mean, the, the, the film ends, so you could perhaps make the argument that that gets repressed rather than uh reconciled. But I, I, I think that is the uh, that's the implication is that there is not a repression of that, but an acceptance that that might have happened. And they're not going to for different reasons. They're not going to press either party to make it completely clear whether it did or it didn't. Um, but it needs to be accepted for either of the relationships to work, and for Kittridge, well, it well needs problem. to be
1: trusted, right? Like I think yes, that's yeah, the yeah. I think that's the crucial thing, right? Like she, yeah. she says to Kittredge, "You don't trust me, right?" And that's a big thing. Whereas, that's I think, why
0: that's why I think it had to it doesn't have to have happened. It just had to might have happened. Have to might have and, happened. Yeah, that's and, good. And that's the, very good. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, because otherwise she wasn't. Yeah. That's it. That's my that's my Katherine Hepburn impression. Yeah, she that's, good. That great line. that's good. great lines. I wasn't yeah, ya, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all that I can do. And then Jimmy Stewart has the uh uh what is it? you know, whiskey is like my, my Jimmy story is becoming a lot more like Nicolas cage uh, as I get <laughs> Well, They're it. very similar. But they are very similar, but it's like, you know, whiskey is a, is a slap on the back, but uh champagne is a fine mist in front of my eyes. He says something like that in that very, <laughs> in a very sexy scene where they are potentially seducing each other. Right. Um, but mm. I, th- I, I think that, that the, that they, that they might have hooked up is the thing it's the most interesting thing about this film as, as that, that, as this conversation has gone on, I think that it, it, uh, it's, it makes it the most like theoretically and like thematically rich. If they, as long as we maintain that they might have, It have, have it doesn't have to be one way or the other. It's just both the, the, the trust of, of, uh, of Cary Grant's character and then, uh, Ruth Hussey's character, like they have to trust that it might've happened. And uh, or or else the way that it ends, I think is um, is a, a, a disappointment for a screwball right. comedy, and, and is right. not is not in the uh, in the radical tradition that begins uh, that it, it happened one night begins. That's, that's I think my that's claim.
1: right, and I I, I think the uh, the other thing that's really good about it is that it's not enough that that the mediation of Kittredge... The rich guy mm, yes. is not enough, and I think that's what's interesting, right? It, it takes Mike, the working class guy,
0: mm-hmm. to
1: really mm-hmm. to inject a kind of vitality into the relationship. Well, that's right.
0: I want I want to say that almost goes back to the awful truth because it's not just um, the Ralph Bellamy type. It's also Cary Grant is going to get remarried to someone right. else, also, you know. And so there there has to be and I I think the um the the issue is, is um, whatever whatever the antagonism is I think in these films if we went through it I think it's typically doubled you know like right it happened right. one night like the money thing is doubled like it's it's that um that uh Clark Gable is gonna get a lot of money for this uh because he was just fired so this is how he's gonna get his job back and he's gonna get this like exclusive scoop right um and also the money from uh. Uh, the father uh, from the father, Claudette Colbert's right. uh, father in the film. So that's, right. there's a doubling there. And then there's the doubling of the, um, the romantic obstacle in the awful truth that we just went through. Um, I think the doubling of the, uh, of the tigers or, uh, uh, or sorry, the leopards is, is, the is leopards. really nice. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it's also the mistaken identity of uh, Cary Grant, not knowing exactly who Catherine Hepburn is, you know, related to, and then of course, like, like she is the, the and the cops aren't even
1: co- able to sort out the identities no, either, right? Yeah, like they've got yeah. they've got people in jail. They don't know. <laughs> even the aunt ends up in jail, doesn't she? Like for yes for something. You're right. <laughs> right, right? Like, the, like and they, I th- they keep, and then
0: yeah, and his girl Friday, Ralph Bellamy keeps he keeps being doubled. He keeps, I think it, maybe that's a maybe that's a cheat, but I think that it's not insignificant that uh that he can he's not. Like once he's not a factor in Awful Truth, he's not a factor, you know. But in His Girl Friday, he keeps coming back. Like there's enormous vitality to the Ralph Bellamy type in uh, in His Girl Friday that is uh, far more elusive in uh, in the Awful Truth. Agreed. I mean, I think that there's
1: a there's such a radicality to the endings too, right? Like you don't get so the the Philadelphia story ending. You kind of think when when you see Cary Grant or uh, Jimmy Stewart and 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 Catherine Hepburn out for that night you think well that that they make a little more sense together yeah, yeah. but then in the end she marries Cary Grant so it's kind of like mm-hmm. wow that's you're it, okay you're happy i guess but it's still a little bit it's a little kind of a flat in there right and then that
0: only the, makes sense if it's that doubling of the right
1: uh, exactly that, and then but then yeah. bringing up baby it's obvious the way she destroys his life's work yes. but then <laughs> even in his girl friday they it's a fascinating ending because he sends her off to be with, back with Ralph Bellamy, and then, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. she hears from she hears from the on the phone that she and then she's she's just devastated because she thinks he really doesn't care. He misread her desire that he's going to finally let her go, and then she hears on the phone that he he actually said. <laughs> counterfeit money and so Bellamy's back in jail and she's crying right. and he's like I'm sorry she's like no I'm just so happy and, so, <laughs> and it's great because the thing that she was pissed at throughout the whole time is the thing that she she realizes the sign of love but then you get the final There, he's like I'm going to take you on a real honeymoon like you deserve like Ralph Bellamy would give you but you're the one I'm the one you really love right, right and then she's right. like, then he's like he gets a phone call he's like Oh, but there's a strike at Albany, so we got to. So, right. So the honeymoon is interrupted before it can even begin. So, every time you get to this moment of kind of perfect, harmonious ending, you two get becoming the, one. Right. Two. Be, there's always a flat in there, right? Like there's, there's always two, something that doesn't work. There's, t-
0: there's a two, two, There's a two becoming two. I think that's great, and that's a really nice. I, I have heard um, some some people think that like that. Um, that the ending I've, I've just, I've heard this, that, uh, that she agrees to be with, um, uh, Cary Grant at the end of, um, uh, his girl Friday and he promises to do all the things that she wants and then immediately doesn't do them. And that, that, that's like a bad thing. But I think this point is like, it's, it's far better because hasn't the the film's logic the entire time has been, she doesn't really want that. Like she's even said that. You know, and uh like what she what did she want to do, in, and what's crucial for their relationship is actually work, right? You know, as, like, as and,
1: evinced yeah. by, and this I think speaks to your point about the process over the product, right? Like, as evinced by how much enjoyment she gets out of doing her work, yeah, right. Like right. it's it's filled with enjoyment, like compared to sitting around as a as a, you know, at a home in Albany, that sounds mm-hmm. horrible, right? But but she really. Right enjoys doing her work. And I think that that... So, I mean, it, isn't it the difference between what we want consciously and yes. the unconscious desire for the disruption of that conscious wish, right? Like, that's the, yeah. that's the difference that that film plays out and that all of them play out, I think.
0: Yeah. No, and I think that's a really nice formulation. The, the conscious want and the unconscious desire and that, like, the way that the, the romantic relationship... Works in the screwball in contradistinction with the romantic comedy, it, it, all, it requires uh, one or both uh, parties uh, reading the, uh, the desire of the other and not acceding to the conscious want or right. wish right and, and right. I, I think that's, uh, that's, that's nicely put, and I think that's yeah. a nice, uh, nice a quilting point. To, uh, yeah' nice place yeah. the quilt yeah. yeah yeah
1: so here's the question. We have a, okay. five choices or maybe more. What's the lesson mm-hmm. for today, Ryan? I
0: think the, well.
1: I think we've already said bringing up baby, which is.
0: We have exhausted that one. I think I want to say that the lesson is to watch Clooney Brown.
1: Oh, very good.
0: See the indirection. Cause we didn't really get yeah, into it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it makes, it makes all the points really well, especially. And it's free. The, like, the coming too, and it's free. It's on YouTube. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. right. Very good.
1: Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and then you can read Alinka's essay which yeah. you'll have to well, steal you're... on internet <laughs> <laughs> so again oh, another
0: yeah. anti-capitalist measure so I like there it there we go there
1: we go yeah. over and out Ryan
0: over and out Todd